I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing, that it was all started by a mouse. Hello, everyone out there in podcast land. This is the Beyond the Mouse podcast, the Disney podcast for the Front Row Network, a community voices partner of NPR Illinois. And we are so excited that you are listening to us today. I am Craig, and I'm joined today by my co-host, Brett Rutherford. Hello. And also Vanessa Ferguson. How are you? I'm doing great. That's awesome. And we have such a special guest for you here today. And first of all, we want to say thank you for subscribing to the Beyond the Mouse feed. This is a, a feed-only uh, episode because we know that you are the true Disney fans and that you are going to really enjoy this conversation that we just were able to have. Uh, we talked to Kay Mallins, the director of the Disney Hometown Museum. And it's just such a, a fantastic conversation. Really get to kind of get some insights into not only Walt, but a teaser you also get a little bit of an insight into Roy Disney as well that I didn't know about, which is really cool. Uh, just thank you, Brett. Uh, Brett actually took a trip to Marceline not too long ago and was able to speak to Kay while he was there. And you set this whole thing up for us. It's just such a wonderful interview that you had. Well, thank we you. All it was my pleasure. It was my, it was my turn to pull my weight in our trio here. So. <laughs> I did want to mention, uh, I'm going to read a quick bio just right off the website of the Walt Disney Hometown Museum. Uh, but before I do, we've been doing a lot more on Instagram. Uh, and so we have about 2,000 followers now on Instagram. Thank you so much to all of you. And if some of you are listening now for the first time, make sure that you do give us a rating on iTunes or any podcast platform. Follow along with us with the show. We're so happy to have you. Thank you so much for uh, coming in and tuning in. We have such great interviews that you can go back and listen to. And also some of our old content, you know, out of nowhere, I listened to our Frozen 2 episode. And I got to say, I really think that might be one of our best um, listening back to it. So go back and listen to Frozen 2 and, and we'll all talk about it. But let's talk about the Walt Disney Hometown Museum. The Walt Disney Hometown Museum contains a unique collection of Disney family effects not able to be viewed anywhere else in the world. Visitors to the museum are treated to interpretive exhibits focusing on the Disney family, Walt's life in Marceline, as well as his friends and family who supported him in his creative adventures while growing up. Also exhibited at the museum are hundreds of personal letters written between the Disney family members, the only park attraction to ever leave the Disney park, and other artifacts, effects, and personal belongings from the Disney family members. The Walt Disney Hometown Museum is a private venture whose mission is ensuring that the world never forgets that Walt Disney was a simple farm boy from Marceline who grew up to become the keeper of childhood magic. And I think we should just jump right into the interview. This is our interview with Kay Mallins, the director of the Disney Hometown Museum. And now we are welcoming to the Beyond the Mouse podcast, Kay Mallins from the Walt Disney Hometown Museum. We are so excited to have you today, Kay. Thank you for joining us. I'm thrilled to be here. We love sharing our stories with all of our extended fam, Disney family out there. Absolutely. And us Disney fans, uh, there is probably no better place to go than Marceline. So we are excited to talk about uh, the museum and all of Marceline with you. But I, I just wanted to ask the first question. Can you tell us about the Hometown Museum and how long it's been open? I can. The museum opened in 2001, which was the 100th anniversary of Walt's birth. So we thought a very fitting time to open the museum. And how it kind of all got started was kind of serendipity. Um, I had been a friend of Walt's sister, Ruth Disney Beecher, my entire adult life. 
And on one visit, she said, Kay, I want you to have my stuff. And I didn't give it another thought. And then her son, Ted, she passes away and her son, Ted, called me and goes, you know, okay, mom wants you to have her stuff. And I said, well, what are we talking about? And he goes, well, fly out and see. So they lived out in the Portland, Oregon area. So I flew out with a suitcase and an empty suitcase because it was before 9-11 and you could do that stuff and nobody cared, thinking there'd be enough stuff for an exhibit at City Hall. Well, they started taking stuff out of the tops of closets, out of these beds, and I'm going, whoa, I am way over my head here. So I, and they had no idea what they had. So I came back to Missouri, I got some help from Nelson Atkins Museum in Kansas City. Uh, we made several trips out there with canner cameras and scanners, and we set up shop on the dining room table in their house, and uh, we documented 3,000 artifacts. Uh, most of them had never been seen before. They were family letters and journals. And, and, and actually, they, they had me read. Ruth Walt's sister kept vast journals. She kept them from the time she was a young girl. And so they had me read all the journals and uh, so, they, so I would understand. And so I set, they gave me a room in their house. And I sat and I read and I read and I read. And um, Ruth was trusting us to tell the story here. And so that's what we do. So that's how we got the things for the museum. And then at the same time, uh, our railroad station, and Marceline was founded by the Santa Fe Railroad, so this station was very, very important to us, was going to be torn down. And we had four very wonderful people step forward and say, we can't let that happen. So after years of negotiations, uh, we were able to purchase it. And we thought, well, what better place to have the museum than in this building that Walt loved. Um, so it all just kind of happened at the same time. So it was very serendipity. That's wonderful. And it seems like uh, something like that coming into a smaller town like Marceline, I mean, that's probably completely uh, changed the, the look and feel of the town, uh, right? In this. Uh, about 20 year period since the the railroad and also the museum and, and everything that came along with that had you had disney visitors prior to uh 2001 did people kind of put it on the map that way or was this kind of a uh, a shot across the bow to say hey disney fans come and visit us in marceline missouri well it was interesting because the true disney people had been seeking us out for years and years and years and, years. and we had um lots of people come here to do research for books and so somebody would show up in marceline and of course there was nothing here uh, except the town and they would go to city hall and the city hall would call me and then i would go down and i would talk to these people and we would walk around town and so then we got a little more organized because there were more people coming to town so we started out with a group of adults that were retired and so we did a little training and then the city hall had like 10 people they could call if somebody came to town to show them all the locations and tell them the story. And then we evolved into Disney ambassadors and tour guides, which were elementary and high school students that auditioned to be tour guides in town. But, and they did a great job. Uh, of course, that was just, yeah, that was just for uh, group tours coming into Marceline. We had a lot of groups that wanted to come to Marceline. So it has evolved kind of into what it is today. And, and you know, it's really interesting because, um, 
you know, there's not many towns that if somebody's walking around with mouse ears on, nobody gives it a second look. It <laughs> 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 has been that way for a long time in Marceline, you because know, we would see people here with big cameras hanging around their necks and they go, for us, you know, they're, they're, here, they're here to see what's going on. So, uh, and it gave the people here uh, insight into going, hey, this is important. You know, people are coming from all over the world to to see this little town that was so important to Wall. So, yeah, so it's been a real education for us all. That's great, Brett. I think you had a, a follow-up question. Yeah, to that. well, let's see. Okay, well, how about a little bit more about UK? How did you come to be a part of the Walt Disney Hometown Museum? You told us a little bit of this, but what's what, what's a little bit more of your story? Um, well, my story kind of starts when I was eight years old, and um, that was 1956. Now you all know how old I am. And there's going to be a train coming in a minute. And Brett, you were here, so you know we have 70 trains a day. So I'm just going to tell you, it's going to yeah. be here in a minute. Just wait a minute. Well, it's enough. Well, authentic, and, yes. Yeah, well, it is, it is because, um, you know, Walt learned his love for the railroad here in Marceline, which is a whole other story, which I'll be happy to share with you later. But uh, yeah, it's going to get real loud here. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure Sound you affects everything. Great, yeah. <laughs> Actually, I don't even have to open my shade. I can tell you pretty much what's on that train. Wow. Because <laughs> <laughs> we know it's a different sound of his hauling like steel, or it's a different sound of his hauling just empty cargo. Or it was, it's really funny that you can. Wow. Yeah. It is cool. Huh. Um, I started when I was eight years old. Well, of course, I was a Disney fan before that. Um, um, but at eight years old, um, I had the opportunity that, that Walt and Roy Disney and Lillian and Edna uh, were guests in my home here in Marceline, the house I grew up. And in 1956, they had come back to Marceline to dedicate the Walt Disney Swimming Pool and Park. And it was interesting because in '56. Uh, not many people had air conditioning and my parents had just built a new house and my dad was on the city council and so one night at a city council meeting they said to my dad hey the Disney's are coming over the 4th of July and so it's going to be hotter than heck and so how about the Disney stay with you because you have air conditioning well my favorite part of this whole story is that my mother was horrified when my father came home with the great news that the Disney's were going to be staying in our house and everything. And he was so excited. And my mother goes, what? <laughs> furniture? They spent all their money on this new house and the furniture was all hand-me-down. And it was the Disney's that were coming to, to stay with us. And so she said, I can't do it. I, I just, I, I'd be too embarrassed. I couldn't do it. So her friends all said, Oh, you have to have them because you have the air conditioning and we want them to be cool. And so they said, don't worry about it. We'll move your junk out. We'll move our better stuff in. And that's what they did. So our Aww. house looked really good for three days. <laughs> <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> they would have been happy with whatever, but oh, you know. If, and after we got to know them, they wouldn't have cared. And they, yeah. that was, they wouldn't have cared absolutely at all. They were lovely people. So it was on that visit that I first met Walt Disney. And I, and I, I probably was a few people that can say that Walt and Lily and Disney stayed in their room. So, wow. because I, I said to Walt, what room are you going to sleep in? And he goes, well, what room should I sleep in? And I said, well, the pink one. 
and so they actually stayed in my room. Uh, oh, when, oh wow! Very cool. That's so very that, cool. If George Washington slept here, Walt Disney slept here. <laughs> That's even better. Kidding. <laughs> Gosh. So, it, it, yeah. So it was just um, yeah. So it, it started when I was eight. Wow. I have well your business card. You have a very special business card. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit more about your card and the story behind it? Well, my card is uh, on that visit in 1956 when I came to dedicate this when we fall apart. Um, Walt and Roy kind of asked me to, uh, they were judging a beauty contest, which is what we did back then. Mm-hmm. And so they asked me to carry the crown for the queen. And so the photo that's on my business card is me as an eight-year-old girl holding the crown and presenting it to Walt Disney for, for the, the lady who was the queen. Her name was Deanna Kelly, and she was beautiful her entire life, beautiful inside and beautiful outside. Aww. So he, they, they picked a very good point. That is so cool. Wow. Vanessa, you had a question? Yes. Well, for, for those of us that haven't been to the museum, we have to ask, um, are there any uh, of your favorite items in the museum? Do you have favorites or are there any really popular items that, that Disney fans just go gaga for? Well, it's interesting because we are really more about the man than the mouse. You know, we have, we have some things uh, about the uh, company and we do have one host section that is what collectors collect which we've just had for a, a couple of years because for years we had people go like, I have this amazing thing. It's in my basement. Nobody ever sees it. Would you exhibit it? And so for years we said no, <laughs> because it didn't fit our story. And they thought, well, shoot, we can have a temporary exhibit. So one of the things that people go gaga over is in the what collectors collect gallery. Well, there's a couple of things in there. Um, there is, we have one of the 75 Mickeys that was created for Mickey's 75th birthday the ones that were designed to tour the United States and the one we, and luckily a patron purchased this for us and it's, it, and it's all aboard Mickey and we're in a railroad station and it was done by Ollie Johnson, which makes it. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 So that makes it really, really special to us. Um, My, some of my favorite things in the museum, of course, are the, the things that we got from the Disney family. There's a very fiery letter uh, that Elias wrote, and he'd say this piece of foolscap paper is all torn around the edges and stuff, and he wrote a business plan on it, and the business plan kind of goes with how the paper is torn, uh, kind of goes with it, and, and when there's a line in there, and I can just see Elias writing this, because he was this very slight little man, and he was, no chicken-hearted people need apply. Yeah, and I go, whoa, Elias, this is firing for you. So that's one of my favorite things. We also have the Mickey dolls that Walt and Roy presented to their parents on their 50th wedding anniversary. Um, I love those. I love those. And, of course, kids, when they're going to the museum, children, they go, that's not Mickey, because it looks how Mickey looked in 1938, which isn't how Mickey looks now. Um so those are a couple of things that, that I really, really like. And then there's a letter from Roy to his, to his nephew, Ted, who was, was um, Flora's, I mean, Ruth's son, Teddy. And so in it, because Teddy had gotten a projector, a movie projector from his uncles for Christmas that year from Walton Roy. And so he had asked if he could have some Disney films 
to show on his projector. And so Roy, being very businesslike, uh, said, we will lease you these uh, and you <laughs> will have to pay the company, you know, a royalty for using them. And uh, just and then there's another letter that's uh, sometime after that when he returned the films. And he said, well, here's your money back. Go buy your mother a dress. But he wanted <laughs> wanting to have that business lesson. So that's another one of my favorite things. Oh, that's great. Cool. That's great. We all know that uh, Walt really had such a special connection to Marceline and that we're going to talk maybe even about Main Street USA and the parks and all of that. Uh, but can you talk to that, speak to a bit more about that connection that Walt had? Uh, and then also maybe your own personal experience of growing up in Marceline and, and what it's like. Um, I think anybody that visits here really does get the feeling and and all of us that are small town people probably feel the same about their hometown, that there's just something special uh, about growing up um, where you know everybody and where everybody knows you. And there's just something really special about that. And I think at the time that Walt lived in Marceline, he was at that age that his view of the world was probably being pretty well formed at that time of what he wanted to do. And we all have the memories of our childhood first. I mean, I remember the first of my life. Um, and you think for Walt that those all happened in Marceline. You know, his first school, his first parade, got his first fish, went swimming for the first time, saw his first fireworks. You know, so all of those things, you know, were kind of compressed into those few years that he was in Marceline. Um, his memories were so vivid when they were back here in 1956. I, I was eight, but I got to tag along because they were staying with us. And he remembered everything. I mean, and he would he'd go, now, Roy, you remember this? And do you remember when we went over there? And that's where we went sleigh riding. If we go over here, it's going to be. So it was just ingrained in his mind. Um, actually, his daughter Diane told me once, and until she was an adult, she thought he'd spend his entire childhood here because Marceline was all he ever, ever talked about. Um, and I think it also was a sense of community. And I, I feel like maybe that's the model he had for his company because um, he wanted it to be a family and he wanted everybody to help each other. And he wanted them to all feel like they could call on another person uh, to help them. And, you know, in Marceline, we're on the, where the Disney farm is, there are still seven centennial farms. So the descendants of the people that helped Elias get through those few years on the farm also live there. And Walt experienced his first harvest here, which he talked about often. And, um, you know, that's when all the neighbors came together and the threshing machine came in. They go from farm to farm to farm. And, you know, the wives and daughters would all put a huge lunch out for everyone. And I think he saw how how well that worked and how people can really care about and really take care of each other. And that all came from his time in Marceline. Yeah. I mean, Chicago and Kansas City are great, but it sounds like uh, Marceline is quite the special place, right? Yeah, so. it, it, yeah it was fun because uh, on, his, on the 56th visit, Walt actually brought people to record the whole visit and photograph the whole visit. He brought them to the studio. And so there's this great audio of uh of walt talking about and he goes well he goes he goes well 
He said, Marceline, Marceline's where my heart is. But he says, you know, everything's up to date in Kansas City. So that time of his life that he was there, that's exactly where he needed to be, you know, because mm -hmm. there were opportunities there that he wouldn't have had here. Wow. That's amazing. Well, you, you told us a little bit about Ruth Disney Beecher, but um, can you tell us even just a little bit more? Ruth, Ruth was a very private person. Um, she never told anyone she was at Disney. Um, not that she wasn't proud. I mean, that woman kept every, that's why we have a museum is because she kept every shred of every article, every letter, anything. And the Disney family were really, really close. I mean, they wrote each other all the time. And thank heavens there were letters back then. I don't know what we're going to do now because it's like delete, 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 you know. Uh, but they had all these handwritten letters back and forth, which just is a lovely, lovely thing to read. Um, she was a, a working woman. She worked her whole life. She always had a job. She was very, very bright. She was tiny. Um, I'm not very tall, uh, but her wedding ring would fit on my little finger. She was a wow. tiny, tiny little lady. Um, she was an artist in her own right. Um, we actually have some photos in the museum. Um, she would take a real photograph of her friends and design a dress around it. And then she would actually make the dress uh, for her friend. She was a concert pianist. I don't know how she did that uh, with her tiny little hands. In her house, she had a music room which had probably four pianos in it and all other all kinds of other instruments. She also was very, as I said, private, but she was also very philanthropic. Um, she made sure schools in Portland, Oregon all had concert great pianists and nobody knew where they came from. She, she was just a lovely, lovely, lovely woman. And I'm thrilled, thrilled that I got to know her. Oh, um, I bet. Sounds, yeah. she, sounds she, so good. The other, oh, the other thing, when I was at, at the museum, um, well, this Friday is Disneyland's 65th anniversary. Yay. I know. I know. We're going to have to have like this virtual sort of celebration. I know. I know. But it was so amazing watching the video of the opening of Disneyland from 1955 on Ruth Disney's actual television set. Yeah. Yeah. That was amazing. That, that was so funny because um, when I was out to, to get all the artifacts, there was a receipt. And like I told you, Ruth never threw anything away. There was a receipt for a television set about the time Disneyland opened. So I said to her son, I said, Ted, can you tell me the story behind this? And he goes, uh, yeah. He says, he said, my mom didn't like crowds. And so Uncle Walt sent us money for a new television set to watch the opening of Disneyland on. And I go, oh my gosh, someday I'll be able to tell about the opening of Disneyland with this receipt. With the receipt. Goes, he goes, you want the TV? I go, what? <laughs> <laughs> wow and <laughs> out in his shed and and actually i mean it still had the you know well you guys are too young but they had giant tubes in them and they were heavy as all get out it was and a good so, tv that and ted bought, goes, you know yeah, so ted goes, good one. ted goes i think it'll work if we plug it in <laughs> so, so we, did, we took it in the house and of course it was just like <laughs> but the thing came on it really really did but yeah so we show the opening of Disneyland on the TV that Walt paid for. Well, besides really what cool. you, 
Besides yeah, the just t- all the all of us uh, that love the parks, uh, that fifties primetime dine-in, it, it'd be like a TV straight out of there. Yes. There you go. Yeah, it was. It was a lot bigger. It was a really that was an expensive TV. It was. Was it? Because it, it, it was shut. I mean, it was in a big case. And yeah. yeah. It was. It was a big piece good. of furniture. Yeah. <laughs> well, besides what you currently have on display there, are there any items that you switch out from time to time? Yeah, we have a lot of things that we switch out. Um, so there's always something new. We've um, made the commitment that, you know, there always will be something new every year. Um, We have a lot of Disney stories that we are anxious to share that we haven't shared yet. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of things to share. Well, keep a reason to come back year after year after year. That's right. That's why we change things. That's good. (laughs) Yeah. And there's, there's something else I was going to tell you about in the letters. And this is because we have, Actually, when they opened the Family Museum in San Francisco, we lent them some of our letters because we had this huge, huge, uh, lovely uh, grouping of letters. But in it, there was a letter from Ruth to, I mean, from Flora to Ruth. And she's talking about having met um, her new nephew-to-be, who was her her brother's daughter's going to marry and um she and then she says you know he's funny just like roy and i thought funny just like roy so that was the first time that i'd heard that because we were seeing roy being the business business businessman mm-hmm. and when i started thinking back you know actually my encounters with roy he was funny and he was really always the one that kind of took care of us when we were at the studio or anything so it was yeah, Roy really had an amazing sense of humor. But it wasn't until I read that that I really started thinking about that. Yeah, Roy was a funny one. If not well, Roy <laughs> yeah. was a funny one. Wow, yeah. that's great. Yeah. That's wild. That's a great insight. Vanessa, did you have a question? Yeah, well, I, you know, in thinking about Main Street USA, I, I think I agree with you in that it's something that us Midwesterners, uh, we, we know what it's like to be in a small town and we really appreciate it. And uh, pretty much anywhere you go in the Midwest, there's usually a small town with a Main Street USA, or at least, you know, what's left of it now um, for some of them. But I just wondered for those who live outside of this region, those you mentioned there, they were their Disney ears. What, but what else, what's the reaction to seeing something, a small town like Marceline or that Main Street USA, um, you know, how do they react to seeing that? Well, it's, it's a mixed emotion because a lot, some people come here, expect, expect us to be like Disneyland, you know, that they're, that's exactly what they're expecting. And, you know, we're not, we're a real town with real. insurance agents and those kind of things. Uh, like any other small town, which you just alluded to, I mean, our, we have a lot of empty stores, and it's happening everywhere. Uh, thanks to all of you good people that come to Marceline, it's getting better. Uh, uh, the tourism is helping us immensely, people coming to town. Um, but there's also, and people see, uh, you see what you want to see. But it's interesting because people go, oh, now I see it. I know what it is. That's that, and that's that, and that's that. Now I see you shaking your head. Right? It happens. Yes. Oh my gosh, I get chills. I have yeah. chills. Yeah. From it. You know, yeah. hearing so much of this, you know, and then actually, I'm going to cry anyway because just going to the <laughs> going going to Marceline, you know, you just feel it, and you know, 
and since, you know, as you said, it was such an important part of Walt's life to actually be there. You can kind of, you know, I don't know, kind of relive it or just, it just is very special. So, yeah. So, well, and things yeah. get revealed to us too. You know, that, that, you know, we'd always heard, we had heard it from Walt that the Zerker building in Marceline was his inspiration for Coke Corner at Disneyland. And so, you know, we're all looking at it. We're going, well, okay, you know, it's a corner entrance building. It has arched windows, but it's not nearly as Victorian as the ones at the one at the park. And, of course, he knew something we didn't know because apartments had been added on the back of that building in 1917. A few years ago, they burned. We cleared away the debris, and we found the original 1905 Drink Coke Five Cent sign. So Walt Disney had watched that sign being painted as a kid, and so, of course, that was his Coke building. You know, and then there was another little, on top of it, there's an advertisement for Hutchison's Furniture and Undertaking. And so when the Coca-Cola company came back to repaint the sign for us, they go, you want to leave that? I go, yeah. Because Walt always said, my older brother, Roy, always made sure I had extra spending money. So one day, Roy got them a job cleaning a horse-drawn hearse. And so Walt said, Roy worked hard cleaning the hearse all day, and I laid inside and pretended like I was dead. So that was. <laughs> so that was keep that sign. Yeah. 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 So that was Hutchison's furniture and undertaking that they worked for. You know, so it's like, oh, yes, another little piece of history just revealed itself. Yeah. So things like that happen to us a lot here in Marceline. It's, it's, it's like this amazing historic treasure hunt uh, with our buildings here. Wow. I, I love, I'm from a small town too. So I just love that. And um, I think on behalf of all Disney fans, I can say thank you so much because uh, we are so grateful that you have kept uh, these artifacts, uh, artifacts and made a home for them. And I just wondered, you know, what is that like having to um, kind of be responsible for bringing in these items and then managing the museum and, and making sure this legacy lives on and Marceline. What, is that a challenge or, or what is that like? Well, it, I, I knew that I, I, well, I, I keep trying to fulfill Ruth's wishes. So I have a great uh, muse that I'm able to talk to. Hey, Ruth, I'm needing a little help here. Hey, Walt, I'm needing a little help here. Um, it did hit me. I mean, after, We'd archived all these things. They wanted me to stay with the collection and to get it back to Missouri. So of course we had to take out tons of insurance and, and uh, they wanted me to truck it back and that's fine, but I'm not an engine flat tire kind of gal. So I called a friend of mine who's a farm girl and she could fix anything. And so Debbie came out and rode back with me. So, <laughs> so we're at the end of, of Ted Beecher's driveway and it suddenly washed over me. I go, what have I done? You know, I, I promised them that we would have this museum and there's no money. You know, there's an unfinished building and what have I done? So, um, you know, we opened in 2001 during a three day birthday celebration. I don't know if you guys remember that we, uh, I'd shared before that, you know, we had people seeking us out. So we wanted to see if people would really come. So we had planned this celebration, three-day celebration. We planned it for three years to be September 21, 22, 23, 2001. And um, our goal was to have 50,000 people in Marceline for three days, over three days. 9-11 happened. And we almost canceled. 
that we had people contacting us from all over saying, don't you let them stop you. Don't you let them stop you. So we went ahead and had the celebration. We ended up with 35,000 people over those three days. But one of the most telling things about that was, is, and that's when we really knew people wanted to be here, is we had had the largest convergence of Disney authors and historians ever. Here comes another train. I love it. It's kind of like the spirit of Walt. Just I know. Like, <laughs> like, Woo-woo. Woo-woo. Coming through. I'm giving a tour. And I go, cue the train so I can hear it coming. And they go, oh, you were so good. And I go, wow. oh, my chances are pretty good. <laughs> There's yeah. something of them doing. But as I started saying, we were having this celebration and, and we were, we did it because people said, no, you've, you've got to have it. And we had the 35,000 people. We had the largest convergence of Disney authors and historians ever for coming. Uh, they were coming on their own nickel because we don't have any money. We still don't have any money, but they were coming on their own nickel. The ones that were coming from Europe, their flights got canceled. So they flew to Canada. We faxed the program to the border so they could get in, and they drove here from Canada. That's how important it was wow. for people to be here to celebrate that man. I'm going to cry, too. <laughs> I know. I'm, like, yeah. going. I've got chills. Yeah, in the what town, a connection. The town that Walt loved. Mm-hmm. So that let us know that, yeah, this is an important part of Disney history. I mean, we all felt it, but then we knew that this is important Disney, Disney history, and we've got to do this. So uh, we opened the museum uh, for those three days. And then we were thinking, we took everything out. And we thought, okay, millions of dollars will come in and we will be able to do whatever we want to do. Well, the millions of dollars did not come in. They still haven't come in. But um, we started again hearing from the public and they go, we like it just the way it was. And we opened pretty rough. And we go, okay. And they go, put stuff back in it. We go, okay. (laughs) Oh. We put it back in, and that was going to be 20 years ago. So uh, we have evolved over the 20 years to, to what we have now. And it's just because the people the people want it, and they want to know the story. So that's why we're here. Well, I so appreciate your resilience. So thank you so much on behalf of everybody. Yes, especially, <laughs> I mean, thinking about, you know, uh, to think about uh, planning this event for three years and then that the horrific national tragedy happens. You know, it's, it's a lot, uh, it's reminiscent of a lot of people that have had to cancel things due to COVID and, and what's going on. Um, just these, these things that you can't plan for, but then to, to see that those people still came out and, and still showed up for that event, um, that's just wonderful. Um, so Marceline is uh, a bit out of the way um, for some people, but not for all. Here in the Springfield area, it's only about a three-hour drive for us, which is wonderful. Straight um, down but, 36. Yeah. Yeah. Straight, yeah. yeah absolutely. Jacksonville. Yeah, the easiest, the, way, yeah the, easiest <laughs> to, the easiest way to visualize this is you look at the state of Missouri. We've got Hannibal on one side. We've got St. Joseph, Missouri on the other side. We are right in the middle. So we're two hours from Kansas City, we're three hours from St. Louis, we're three hours from Springfield, we're three hours from Des Moines. So it is a great, great day trip. And, you know, the museum is open uh, Tuesday through Saturday, 10 to 4, Sundays 1 to 5, and closed on Mondays. We're almost every day except Monday. Wow, that's incredible. That's incredible. So you have had... If you're coming now, you must wear a mask. Mascara okay, did. <laughs> did. Yes. 
<laughs> yeah, thank you for uh, for looking out for all of our safety. Um, so you've you've had the pleasure of probably meeting some really avid Disney fans. Uh, do you have any fun stories for us? Uh, you just told us one about these European travelers who had to, you know, yeah. traverse the border in a car to make sure yeah. that they can get there. And but but any other really fun ones? Um, well, it's, it's fun just the day to day. People like people that come like Brett that, that you can tell, get it and get us after they get here. They're curious and they get here and they go, whoa, this is a whole lot more than I thought it would be. And I really feel the Disney magic. Um, it's a kick for me too when we get, you know, for instance, like we get Disney legends that come here. And, you know, you guys are just in Springfield. So when we start our speaker series again after this is all over, you got to sign up for it. I mean. You, okay. Yeah. yeah. You know, just yeah. become our friend on Facebook. And, yes. Yeah, because we've got yes. number. Party friend. Yeah. Any number of Disney legends here. Um, one of the most, well, it was fairly recent. I mean, like Floyd Norman was here with his wife. And um, so we were talking and he had just written the book, A Kiss Goodnight, which I don't know if you guys have read it. Mm -hmm. He just, and where Walt's inspiration for the fireworks at Disneyland came from seeing the fireworks in Marceline as a child. And so Floyd had just finished with that book and uh, he and Richard Sherman and, had just finished that book. And so we're sitting out watching the fireflies come up out of the tall grass. And he goes, he goes, yeah, he said, this is it. This is it. Mm -hmm. And at that moment I'm looking at it and I go, Floyd, you got to turn around because you got to see what I'm seeing over your shoulder. And there's this full moon just came up, right? <laughs> it was oh like, my oh, gosh. That's so so perfect. Wow. Yeah. Just so perfect. So, um, yeah, there are moments like that that are hard to describe. And um, I've just had this amazing life getting to witness all of this. Yeah. And, you know, I actually, I thought it was close enough on my bookshelf to grab, but my son loves A Kiss Goodnight. Isn't uh, it and, uh, Yeah. And it comes with a CD um, that Richard Sherman did an original song for. Uh, and it's, it's well worth it if you have a young Disney fan, or even if you're, you know, even if you're an adult, uh, it's just such beautiful, of course, it's beautiful um, uh, sketches, and I mean, it's Floyd Norman, you know, so, uh, so absolutely, it's, it's just so wonderful. That's, that's a great. It was interesting, because we've had those fireworks here for over 100 years, and the only time we didn't have them was World War II. We didn't have them. But this year, even though we couldn't have our big 4th of July celebration because of COVID, uh, the firemen still had the fireworks. Um, and it was still a huge crowd to do that. So the firework tradition carries on. And um, it wouldn't be Marceline without the 4th of July fireworks. So we made sure that happened this year. Oh, well, I have a question. Um, well, the Disney Family Farm is on the edge of Marceline. It's, if you're going, well, west, it's too... Is it two blocks past the Casey's? Anyway, that's a Midwestern thing. Yeah, anyway, yeah. <laughs> can you tell us about the farm, um, the Dreaming Tree and Son of Dreaming Tree? I can, I can. And when you come to the museum, we also give you a map of where all the Disney sites are. Yes. Mm -hmm. So don't, don't forget to get one of those when you're leaving the museum. Uh, the Disney farm is on the very edge of Marceline. Um, it was considered way out in the country when the Disneys lived there. Um, it is the original 40 acres of the farm that we have still still there. 
and actually, um, I live there. <laughs> so, oh, wow. Yeah. Um, it's not open to the public, but you can go down to where the Dreaming Tree and where the Disney Barn are and everything. So that is open to the public. Um, the Dreaming Tree, well, every visit back to Marceline would go down, I think, truly for a quiet moment for inspiration underneath the branches of his Dreaming Tree. And since we're all Midwesterners, we all know what a cottonwood is. And some of them grow to be very, very large. And they usually don't get extremely old. Um, but this cottonwood was huge. And if you've ever laid beneath one and listened to the leaves, they have a tinkling sound to them. Uh, no other tree I've ever heard has that kind of sound. Um, so that was where Walt very first started to draw, was underneath his dreamy tree in Marceline. And his, his sister Ruth told me that, that he would make her a drawing and then he'd make up a right good story to go along with it. So Walt's Dreaming Tree was really, really important to him. Um, American Forest Historic Tree Nursery in Jacksonville, Florida collect uh, seeds from historic trees all over the United States. <clears throat> and they collected a million and a half tree seeds off our Dreaming Tree before it got hit by lightning. Um, so um, few years after it was hit, it's, and, and I called Disney Horticulture and Disneyland, and I said, okay, this is what happened. What do you think? You know, so they sent somebody out, and they go, well, it's, this is what's going to happen. It's going to look okay, and then stuff is going to start falling off, which is exactly what happened. And um, train, just a moment. <laughs> that one sounds different. What's that one carrying? Yep, it actually is going way too fast, I think. So. <laughs> it's, it actually has a very light load, so it's probably carrying empty cargo containers. So it's going, it's going really, really fast. So um, so anyway, um, so American Forest Historic Tree Nursery uh, sent us a sapling from one of the seeds that they took, and uh, one of Walt's grandsons and three Walt Disney World ambassadors came up from Florida. And they planted Son of Dreaming Tree on the Disney farm, just a few feet from the original. And it's about, and it's about 40 feet tall now. Wow. So you can walk on down. You can see where Walt's tree fell. You can walk by the Son of Dreaming Tree, and then you can go down to the Disney barn. Now, the Disney barn uh, actually kind of came home again in 2001 during that three-day celebration. Uh, the original barn had been torn down in, the, in like the 30s. But Walt had recreated the Marceline Barn on his estate in California uh, for his railroad. And it was actually in that barn that Disney Imagineering was born. Um, so the Disney family sent us the blueprints that Walt had designed for his barn in California that looked like the barn in Marceline. So uh, we did a three-day old-fashioned barn raising. And so that was all done with volunteers. So actually from all over the United States to say they helped help put Walt's barn back on the barn. So, yeah, so, and so it, I know you were in it, Brett. Um, the signatures in the barn got started because the people that were helping that day put their signature in the barn. And then there was a beam that the Disneyana Club had had at Disneyland for a month for guest design, and they shipped it back to be installed in our barn. So people from all over the world have been there and they, have left their signature and there's hardly place to leave another <laughs> in there. So, but it's really so sweet because sometimes I go down there 
and they'll just be somebody sitting in there and they go, I feel Walt here. Mm-hmm. I really feel his presence here on this farm. So that's yeah. like, yeah. It was so, it was, well, look, I'm a mess, but <laughs> um, you know, when, when I, you know, just got out and I saw, you know, the, the, the signs that had the verbiage and I was kind of doing a Facebook live. So it was kind of, you know, talking through that, reading through that. And when we got to, you know, son of dreaming tree and you were mentioning, you know, his grandson and the, and the ambassadors from Disney world. I mean, my, I, I, my voice, you know, I, I, I couldn't talk anymore. I like, there was a catch in my voice because it was so emotional you know, that whole experience of being there. Can you imagine living there? But anyway, I'm just going home. But but actually what I said there was, you know, I, it's just a farm. But it felt, you know, I was just telling myself it was just a farm, so don't go completely crazy. Because, But it just felt so special, this amazing connection. And I, when, when I was reading the sign by uh, Son of Dreaming Tree, you know, that said that, that there was water from the waters of, or rivers of America, you know, I'm just like going, I was losing yeah. it. It was so special. So that was amazing. So yeah. I just, I need to do something where I don't cry anyway. So it was so good. So. Well, and, and, you know, we, you know, it's, it is just so lovely to, to have that place here in Marceline. And, and um, this year we were have our gala on the Disney farm in Marceline. Of course, all that's canceled now this year. So it'll be 2021. We'll be having the gala on the Disney farm uh, in Marceline. And that's, it's really special for people because we just put up big tents and they got, get to have dinner on Walt's farm. And it's a, it's a very special time. Very special time. So yeah, it is. Um, it, it, it is, I, I feel so blessed to live here. I mean, I, I truly do. I, I had a, I had a gentleman that was met by years ago. I'm out watering my flowers and do we have time for me to tell you this? Sure. Oh, if you okay. do, we do. Okay. Years ago, <laughs> I got watering flowers in my front yard, and this big old uh, tour bus goes by. It had a big Western scene painted on the side of it. And so I noticed it. And so pretty soon it comes back. And the driver gets off, and he goes, hey, is this a Disney farm? I go, yes, it is. And the guy goes, boss, it is a Disney farm. So this guy gets off, and he's very engaging and so we're talking, we walk down to the barn, we walk down to the tree, all that, we walk back up, and he goes, uh, I'm going to write you a song. And I go, okay. <laughs> he goes, I'm going to write you a song. Well, come to find out, he, he's a country western songwriter's hall of fame. He wrote, I was country when country wasn't cool, and Smoky Mountain rang. But he was so inspired, but he looked at me and he goes, I'm writing you this song because you're the only person I know is exactly where they're supposed to be. <laughs> And oh, I thought, wow. I know. I thought, well, how nice. How nice. You know, but, <laughs> yeah. you know, and I feel it too. I feel it too. But for somebody to to acknowledge that and to see that, it made me feel real special. Absolutely. We did. He wrote three songs. He came back to me. So he wrote three songs about the dreaming dream. Wow. That's so cool. Vanessa, you had a quote from Walt that we wanted to share. Yeah. So Walt Disney said, to tell the truth, more things of importance happened to me and Marceline than have happened since or are likely to in the future. And I think we as Midwesterners know what that means. But for those who um, are not, <laughs> what do you think were his reasons for, for saying that? Well, you have to think when he, when he did that, when he said that, 
he was Mickey Mouse was probably at the height of of his popularity, his early popularity. You know, Walt was on this skyrocketing ride to the top. Um, he was the golden boy of Hollywood, and and for him to say that, I think it's because again, which we discussed before, I think Marceline made Walt Disney who Walt Disney was. I think he got his inspiration from here that he never forgot. And he always harkened back to it, whatever his problem was and whatever his joy was. And I think he also got his morals from here, that if you treat people right, they're going to treat you right. And I, I think who Walt Disney was came from those very few years in Marceline. And I think he realized that. Yeah, well, I, I think just... so too. And we spoke to, well, we've talked to Bob Gurr, we've talked to Floyd Norman, and now we've talked to you. And that's okay. one thing, <laughs> that's one of the things that we hear is that, you know, he was very rooted in fairness. He, you know, he was um, firm and fair. And, you know, it's just really great to hear um, that your idol is really a really good person. Yeah. <laughs> it's and, just, you know, and anytime, you know, I was very fortunate because like when we go to California, he and Roy would take us to the park. So my first experiences were at Disneyland with Walt and Roy Disney. Um, but he, he would bend over and he would pick up trash, you know, and he would talk to whoever that person was, that cast member on that attraction, just, well, how are you doing? Was well, it too hot today? I mean, he really did care. He really did care, and no no job was too small for him. That's wonderful. Brett, uh, you had a fun experience the last couple of, uh, well, for the last four years yeah. you've been going out. So yeah. let's well, ask your I, question about D23. Uh, well, I visited uh, the Walt Disney Hometown Museum booth and signed one of the benches. I didn't know that there were so many of them, <laughs> but I signed one of them. I didn't find my name, so yet, but, I, you know, anyway. Uh, but that was at the 2019 Expo. What have, well, what have your D23 Expo experiences been like? Uh, it's interesting because it, they have evolved. You know, we, we have been at every one of them since they started. And uh, the first year we went, we had a little 10 by 10 booth, and uh, we didn't know what we were doing, and Actually, they didn't know what they were doing either <laughs> that first year. It was like, we're, we're all learning this together. We're all learning this together. Um, so, but we had fun, and we met a lot of people, and all we vendors, you know, kind of were together, and it, it made it fun that you got to talk to people that shared common Disney interests and had new interests in things. So it has evolved uh, for us since then. Uh, now we have a very large space, and they put us in a really good location all the time because they think that our story is important you know, for people to know. And it makes us feel good because people come back to see us. They, they say, okay, I find you, I found you. So it makes it really, and they, you know, they share their personal stories with us too. Um, Cause you know, there was like this one couple and she was pregnant years ago, you know, when they were here. So now they're bringing their child to come by and see us. And so we kind of, have a sequence of photos, you know, of this, this uh, part of our extended Disney family. So it is just uh, magical for us. And luckily for us, you know, we've got uh, to speak on the uh, Disney Archives page a couple of times, which is wonderful to be able to share our story with, you know, rabid Disney fans from uh, all over the United States. So, yeah, it's, it's a really good thing for us. Plus, we have so much fun. 
mean, it's really not like work. We're exhausted, you know. I'm sure. Well, you said you didn't have to sleep on the floor like some of us do to get to all of the really good things, but I'd do it again, so. (laughs) Yeah, I have four sleeping. Probably wouldn't be good. Talk to 70,000 people, no. You know, it's funny, I um, specifically became a gold member of D23 a couple of years ago because there was an event happening in Marceline. And I thought, you know, I I can't um, necessarily get out to the expo right now. I can't uh, go to a lot of the events that they have on the lot, but this is three hours for me. I can go to this and it just didn't end up working out. Uh, but it's, it's so cool that D23 involves you in that way. And I, I think that they had planned on maybe even doing yeah. another one this, this year. And uh, of course, that probably that might have been changed due to COVID and all that. But yeah, it was they were supposed to come in May, and then they canceled okay. it. Or they they postponed it, and then they were supposed to come in September, and now that one's been canceled for this year. So which okay. so we we totally understand, but we had some really cool stuff planned. So we'll just save it for next time. So yeah, and you know, um, you get signed up for the next. You know, the first one they did the tickets sold out in sixty seconds. Wow. You're very popular and yeah, definitely worthwhile. So yeah. And we're, and we're going to start uh, wrapping up a bit here, but I, I will uh, say that it's always been a, a goal of mine to all three of us to be in the same space and to record a podcast in Marceline. So uh, we're definitely going to have to do that. And we're going to have to come back and, and see you again when we're there. Um, and uh, just, it, it's such a cool it's so cool to hear about the hometown museum and everything. And I would say if, if you ever need a moderator for anything, for any kind of panel or anything, <laughs> I know it's cool. we will be, we'll be there uh, for sure. But, uh, but anything new that, uh, coming, you know, you said that you, you'd like to change things up every year and make sure there's always something new. Is there uh, any kind of new exhibits or any new artifacts that you wanted to speak to? Well, we're not sharing that just yet. Uh, okay. Oh, that's, yeah. that's a teaser. Hey, yes, there's going to be an announcement. There's going to be an announcement. So yeah, so stay tuned. Stay tuned. We will Absolutely, stay tuned. we will. We will. And uh, Brett, you had a question about. Uh, we talked about the gala a little bit, but you yes. Had a about it too. Well, your gala fundraiser looks like a Disney fan's dream. I mean, <laughs> last year it was so it, fun. Last year it was um, at the uh, American Adventure mm-hmm. at Epcot. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, um, what is that experience? like and and what in the world is that silent auction like (laughs) i'm like going i was just thinking that the other day i'm like going time to start saving for that silent auction well we'll we'll be doing again stay tuned because we will be doing a even though we're not having our gala we'll be doing an auction this fall uh so yes yes so there will be some announcements about that but the galas are so much fun like when they're at disney world they're completely different feel, as you can imagine, than they are when they're on the farm. So it depends on if you want to get really dressed up and be at Disney, which there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have a great time doing that. Or if you want to be on the farm, where it's much more casual in a big tent. So um, they both have very different feels to them, but they are so fun. Like, um, well, Floyd was our speaker at the first one we had at the farm, Floyd Norman. And this year it was going to be Tom Nabby, um, who was first Tom Sawyer. But Tom said, oh, he'll take a rain check and he'll do it next year. So That's on the good, farm. Right? So that'll be a good thing. And it's interesting because when, when Tom and I were talking, we were both speaking at an event. And Tom and I were talking and we didn't know each other, but we both worked at Disneyland at the same time. 
and we knew a lot of people in common. How cool. So, yeah, so it was fun. So it was kind of like, well, what happened to so-and-so? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so we had a great, great evening reminiscing. Well, it's a small world, you know. Yeah. I use that a lot. <laughs> well, I was just going to say that I've got my Marceline Museum here water bottle that uh, Brett was very Brett was very kind to bring this back to me. So I know that um, people can come visit you and support the museum in that way, and they can take home little tchotchkes like this that we love. But what are some other ways that, um, you know, we can – fund you support you make sure that this goes on forever and ever because it absolutely should thank you well you can become a member uh donations of any kind are appreciated we are 501c3 so everything is tax deductible so you can help in that way you can become a member you can buy a brick um we are in a 1913 santa fe railroad station which the exterior is covered by bricks on the ground which have been there since 1913 but we will be happy to reposition one of those bricks and put your brick in mm -hmm. so uh, you can have your brick around the museum. Um, so there's, there's several ways that you can do it. And of course our auction, our auction will be again, again this fall. So yes, those are the ways. And thank you for asking. And we can find all those things on your Facebook page and on your website. You can, we're getting a new website that should be up in a couple of weeks, which will be much, oh, wonderful. Easier. Yeah, much easier to navigate. Well, we can't thank you enough for uh, being on the show. And, you know, uh, you mentioned earlier, you said we maybe we can talk about railroads. And I think what we need to do is to uh, say it to be continued on this conversation so we can just have more and more stories. We would love to have you on. Again. Oh, so, yeah. Well, this was fun. I had, a, oh, I had a really good time. So just anytime, anytime, just give me a call. We can talk about Marceline and railroading, and we can talk a little bit more about things in Marceline and experiences that Walt had here. And so we'll just talk again soon. Yeah, that's great. Thank you so much. What a wonderful conversation <sighs> that was. Just so nice. I, I am so, if, if Kay, if you're listening back, just thank you. Uh, we really enjoyed the stories that you had. Can't believe that Disney, Walt Disney slept in your room. <laughs> That's incredible. Uh, but Brett, you uh, were actually able to go to Marceline recently. So talk to us about your experience, not only on the podcast here, but also your experience in Marceline. Well, I mean, that it was just so, so close to us here in central Illinois and so many Midwestern areas. I mean, it was just, you know, it's just three hours away. Okay. And, uh, and then you go there and it's where Walt was. And it's kind of like for those that go to Disneyland, well, Walt was here. It's kind of that same thing, only this is where everything started. This is where Disneyland started. This is where he grew as a child, probably some of his very favorite memories um, during his childhood, which at times was tough, um, are, took place in Marceline. So you can see that um, in all of his work throughout his life. So it, that was, it was so cool seeing the... Uh, the actual building. And honestly, you know, Kay was talking about the bricks. I kind of was taking this experience in. I saw the front. I started looking at the bricks and the bricks had, you know, these dedications to Walt. And, you know, and there were more than once that I was, you know, doing a little bit of a, you know, <laughs> a little bit of a cry. So anyway, so I, I tried to gain my composure 
as I went inside to be the adult person that is just a fan and not a crybaby. <laughs> but, <laughs> but anyway, and the first thing I said is, you know, you know, after I did my admissions was, you know, um, do, do Disney fans sometimes, you know, kind of, kind of come in crying <laughs> now do and i'm like going i'm one of them no i didn't do that. but i you know I was so trying. tell me about these bricks brett uh would would beyond the mouse podcast with each of our names fit on this brick or is that too much it's i don't know much. well i think you know beyond the mouse we might have to investigate it i think so well we'll have to go yes 100 percent. So? we're gonna yes. go <laughs> yay I, absolutely yeah. i'll drive <laughs> yes, it'll be great. We have to do this very soon. Vanessa, what are your thoughts on the interview? I really enjoyed that. Speaking with Kay, I just so appreciate everything that she's done to preserve Walt's legacy and his family's legacy and the legacy of this town, this town that formed Walt. We are from central Illinois. There's a lot of small towns that um, we visit. I'm from one of them, as I mentioned uh, during the podcast, and um, I just really appreciate that feeling that she's really um, captured in her storytelling and in this museum. That this is really a town where you you can grow your morals, you can be rooted in it, and and even though you might leave, you never forget it. Um, I just really felt it was a very special interview, and I I want to hug her next time I see. And that's saying something, because I don't hug anybody. So next time I see Kay, I'm going to ask her if I can hug her, because she's just a very special woman, and I really appreciate her time that she shared with us. That story about uh, the songwriter and saying that she is in the exact right place, that is uh, so true, and you can just see that beaming on her face when, uh, when she joined us. So just thank you to the Walt Disney Hometown Museum, uh, do support them. Go to their website. Go to their Facebook page. Uh, and thank you, Kay, for joining us today. If you want to follow along with Beyond the Mouse, you can always find us on our social media, Beyond the Mouse Podcast on Facebook. But you can also find us on Instagram at Beyond the Mouse Pod. Uh, and then we're, of course, part of the Front Row Network. So you can look at the Front Row Network on all social media channels as well. We have some some fun coming your way. You know, we have a lot of really neat ideas about what we're going to do as far as future episodes and future shows are concerned. We always like to hear from you too. Is there something that you want us to cover? Is there something that you want us to talk about? Because, you know, it's Disney and we can talk about it forever. Uh, but thank you again for listening. And we just had such a great time today. So for Beyond the Mouse, I am Craig. I'm Vanessa. And I'm Brett. And we will see you real soon in Marceline. Well, maybe in <laughs> the front row, too. In Marceline, yes. Oh, my oh, gosh. Really? We've got to get, go. get moving. I'm driving. I, I get yes. car sick, so I have to drive. We have <laughs> to go, for sure. Windows, yeah. I, I love trees. I, I love trees. We gotta get I love trees, trees, too. That was... That Brett, was, do you love trees? I love trees. <laughs> Out of context, this sounds hilarious. I love trees. <laughs>